Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Luis Camejo, co-host of the Biz Bros, content is profit, master all-around Jedi of marketing, sales, you name it. I met him at George Bryant's event. We connected right away. I could tell he's a really cool guy. Um, but Luis, for people that don't know you and don't know you, your background, tell us a little bit about you and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe, thank you so much for hosting us in, in your platform and your show. Um, but like you said, I'm uh, the half of the business. I, I, we co-founded this company with my brother. Also, Luis, we call him Fonzie, though. So he's a famous one. He's the one with the beard. <laughs> I'm trying to grow a beard today. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's not, for me, it's not working out either. Um, and, uh, you know, we started the company about probably now, like six years ago. So as a way to no go work for corporate, <laughs> that was like the hate at the time. <laughs> and we're like, we just really want to do our own thing. And, um, you know, ever since we've worked together, we did like vinyl stickers, screen printing t-shirts. Um, we did uh, marketing for restaurants and so on. And right now we do a very specific type of content. We host this show called content is profit. And uh, we help people kind of, you know, multiply their message in, in different ways. So that that's a fast version. No, that's <laughs> cool. That's cool. And what I want to commend you for is you've been in business six years. That's a long time in this space <laughs> in a lot of ways, because, you know, a lot of people, they get an idea, they start out and then they kind of, you know, crash and burn because they don't have a million followers overnight. So since you're the content master, let's start here. How if like, because a lot of people that listen to my show are sales professionals, yeah. new first time coaches, entrepreneurs, people that maybe have a dream and idea. So how would you encourage someone to come and say, hey, Luis, I have this dream, but I don't know how to get out to the world. What would you say to them? Um, probably there's some, there's going to be a couple of questions of what have you tried kind of mm -hmm. before, uh, more than likely is going to be very simple, very basic things where they're like, oh yeah, I've tried to post a couple of times or, uh, failed miserably inconsistency. And I say this with all property because that was us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that is, it will be like, okay, try to find a system that you can be consistent. Uh, and then after that. Uh, as soon as you start being consistent, you're going to find these patterns and these things that uh, you're going to observe that are going to be very unique to you and the way that you publish. And then from there, the opportunities come. So happy to share my story and how we kind of found that. But that's probably the gist of it, because without consistency, then we can't measure anything. We can't connect with anybody. And, uh, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. Yeah, no, no. Do share your story because I think I think it's key and it's going to give people a better perspective. Like I know a little bit of it because we've been friends yeah. for a while. We've talked, but yeah, give us a little bit of your background, your story, and how you actually. Because it sounds like you were in corporate America for a little while. <laughs> no, well, not really. So you know, we grew up in. Uh, we're originally from Venezuela, mm -hmm. um, and the, the dream was always to play professional soccer. So our life was really geared towards that. And uh, you know, our our whole days was structured to like, how can we practice how can we play the most possible so we can actually go get that opportunity and that, that was the one thing that that we followed right so uh later when i was like 18 i'm, I'm 32 now mm -hmm. so when i was 18 i got uh presented with a choice to either stay in europe playing or go back home and i had a really negative experience where i decided to go back home and like kind of leave that dream or give up on that on that soccer dream, even though I was like very close to, to achieve it. Right. So that led to a lot of confusion, uh, not talking to my parents probably for, you know, like, I think it was like six months that I didn't talk to my dad who was very invested in this thing. 
and try to find my footing back in in college in Venezuela. At the time, uh, the political situation got worse. And um, as you know, Venezuela right now is not the most stable country right. uh, in the world. It's very difficult. So in my head, I always wanted more opportunities. I didn't really know what I really wanted outside of soccer. So experimenting and doing these things was really hard in that country, in that environment. So um, with I decided to use soccer as a tool, as a vehicle to come to the States and for better opportunities, right? So I ended up getting a soccer scholarship here in uh, in a D1 school. and. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know it then, but basically we're selling ourselves, right? We sent 300 plus cold email to every single college yep. from D1, D2, D3. And, uh, you know, I got two answers. And one of those was the college I came here in Jacksonville, Florida, which I continue to leave on, right? So it, it, it turned out great. Through college, right? I'm playing soccer. If you have any student athletes in your audience or you're familiar with that, your sport is basically your job, right? You're there four to five hours a day, plus your classes and just a lot of responsibility so still was very connected to to the sport but because of my age group i started as a 21 year old freshman so everybody that was my age group was graduating as i was like you know in second uh sophomore year junior year and i saw their reactions to the corporate world and uh, that they were not very happy and uh, they were trying to find other opportunities and i'm like i don't want to do that right so Immediately, like my 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 junior year, my senior year, I started looking for working opportunities. But the issue is that as an international student, you're very limited on right, those right. options. You have to work on campus, uh, really anything that you can find in there. So I ended up coordinating a rope scores that we had. I ended up at a, at a rock wall, intramural referee, like everything that I can get my hands on. But the, the, the trend was never in an office, never in a desk job, never mm-hmm. doing something like that. And uh, so I, I kind of knew that I didn't want to go to that, like, you know, nine to five environment from the from that time. And then after that, after graduation, I was very lucky to find, find my wife. And, uh, you know, we're together. We have a two year old now. But congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That allowed me as an international to to have a little bit more freedom on like, OK, where where can I go? Right. Like, should I go get a job? And, and I did for a little bit. You know, I ran a soccer franchise for about uh, three years. We grew up from like. 10 locations, 35 locations. We hired coaches, different things. And that was kind of like entrepreneurial. Uh, I was in the fitness industry for about five years, but always on the side, we had the biz bros where uh, we started with um, vinyl stickers. We, you know, we bought these machines and we started cutting vinyl and creating these designs and sending it to, to different surf shops and, and called, you know, calling and be like, Hey, do you want stickers? And, and uh, that whole process. And then we did screen printing t-shirts and we had the screen printer in the garage of our in the, of our house we were living in a seven bedroom house blessed with mm-hmm. katie my wife she was there with us as well and uh she saw the whole that whole part of the story and then we learned very quickly that if you don't enjoy the process um probably it's not worth doing right we were up like at 3 a.m 4 a.m in the morning <laughs> yep try to screen print in this t-shirt sleep deprived the sign will go right and we had to like redo the whole batch like 300 t-shirts and we're like ah very quickly i don't think this is the thing that we want to do um so we quickly transitioned into the online marketing thing because there was a brand attached to the machine that we wanted to kind of develop. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, we went into marketing for restaurants and, and that's the whole media thing that started. Now, while doing all of that, we did not document any of it. It was, uh-huh. there was no content whatsoever in our accounts except personal things. Right. So we'll share this story and people are like, Oh my God, 
will you share some pictures of that that stage and we're like we have nothing <laughs> uh we have a few but it's like yeah. nothing compared to what we do now and i remember we were pitching um uh, a group of business owners about the marketing services that they were doing which at the time were like very customized mm-hmm. uh compared to what we do right now and one of the guys was well that's beautiful and all like with the result even the results that you guys achieved that is uh i don't know where's your stuff like where is it and we're mm-hmm. like well i uh, <laughs> we have nothing like we have nothing to show for it. and that felt like really uh, like a gut punch and that was the day that we decided to publish consistently and for us that meant going live for 45 days and mm-hmm. that process what happened was it allowed us to share our message to share our stories to face the fear of publishing, right? Like I feel comfortable in a camera. I think I, yeah. I always did, but my brother had like really real trouble with that. And we know a lot of people that do. Um, but then we didn't finish the 45 days because at day 15, we connected with somebody that became our highest paying client at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, wow, indicator consistency works. So after that, we started to figure out a system. Okay, how can we, according to like the our resources, our consistency, our message, how can we create something that we can leverage later on. And that was Continuous Profit, the show. And that's when everything took off. Wow. So you unpacked a lot of things there that I want to make yeah. sure people catch first. So we're going to go back and I'm just going to go through and have you just maybe go a bit on it more. So you're in Europe playing soccer, which is like the cream of the crop for soccer, for most soccer people that I know. Yeah. And you had the decision, you were close to maybe being all the way and you decided, no, this is not what I want to do. So you had the ability to make that choice and then you ended up still using that gift and coming to the U.S. How did you, how old were you at that point? Um, when I made the choice for the U.S., uh, probably 19 at the time. When I chose not to start, not, not to do soccer, I was 18. And so I was like, um, you know, professional soccer players in Europe, mm-hmm. 17, 18. That's when they, they make their debut there. I had a chance where I was going to play like a third tier division team. Mm-hmm. funded by one of the first division teams. So that was a really, really, really good opportunity. But I, at the time I was going through an injury, mm-hmm. I had a really bad coach. Um, I, and I just wanted a way out. I just didn't see the process. I, I didn't really, I wasn't enjoying the process. Then I'm like, if the rest of my years are going to be like this one, I don't think that I want to do this, even yeah. though the price is so close. So that's mm-hmm. what made me decide. I thought I was uh, losing my time, uh, going to school i thought i was not going to be able to start because all my friends were starting school and i was like i'm 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 missing out in a lot of mm-hmm. things so my my decision was to just go back and, and go to school which right. by the way at the time I, I don't i don't regret at all it got me where i, I am right now mm-hmm. to probably better opportunities so well, that's what i love about this though because i'm like i'm just hearing you tell your story and then you get into school and even when you're in school you have that entrepreneurial spirit of now i'm going to do my own thing and that's a trait that I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like you were doing the screen printing, you were doing the, I'm going to intermediate referee. I'm going to do all these little things. You can see success leaves clues. And then you got to the point to where, if I remember correctly, you guys tried stuff and failed, but kept going, which I think a lot of people that are listening to this need to understand in the entrepreneurial process. This is what it's about. You're going to have an idea sometimes and it maybe didn't work, but now it's led you to where you're at now. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Cause you said you went through all this stuff, you didn't document it, but you learned more about it. What were some key things you learned besides, of course, we know 
doing content every day, but what did you learn through that process? I think that's something good there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that a lot of people talk about jumping off the cliff and just building the plane as you fall. Uh, for us, there were a lot of, a lot of moments like that, you know, it's still, there's some that still feel that way. Um, commit to the process, enjoy the process. For me, that's a big one, uh, right? Like we just ended um, a contract that we had with a fitness company that we came in and we kind of redid the whole system and, and helped them with different things. But towards the end of the relationship, even though it was a client, it was, it was not the right fit uh, mm -hmm. for either or, right? Like the product was done and, and they got results, but you know, there was different expectations, right? From both parties. And, and it was not a, a, a good relationship that we had. And, uh, you know, the process while building it, it was fun, but then part of the process, it was really, there was a lot of friction. So mm -hmm. we decided, okay, maybe this is not the right thing. So just like that with a client, even, even with the process that we do every single day, right? The way that we create content, for example, is um, a podcast, a main show that we do three times a week. And then after that, all the content gets selected from that. And it's funny because we have this conversation every single week and we're like, okay, now we're able to publish about 50, I think it was like 500 pieces of content individually in different platforms last mm -hmm. month. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, and we're like, okay, we can be present in many platforms uh, just by doing these three shows a week. Obviously there's a system and there's a team behind it, but we have this conversation often, especially with Fonzie, like he consumes a lot of content, right? Like mm -hmm. that's one of his things to do and to find patterns and different things. And he's like, he's constantly sending to our Slack channel. Hey, this, look at this idea. Hey, look at this. Can we implement it? Right. And I'm like, okay, um, if we do it, is it going to slow down the way that, that we're creating right now? Are we going to enjoy it the most? And we've talked about different formats for videos, right? Let's say we talk about going to YouTube. There's different formats for YouTube rather than a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a podcast is a little bit boring for YouTube content, but it is attractive for the podcast listeners that also likes to, likes to watch. So what is the audience that we're looking for? What is the intersect? Mm -hmm. So to me, uh, that part of the process of trying to distill the information and like, put it in step one, step two, step three, it might not be attractive. So I'm probably not going to execute on that. And for him, he tried it and maybe it's not attractive for him. And that's why we don't execute. So with the business itself, I think that's one of the main ones that for me, um, I, I bring home because I, if I'm not enjoying doing this, I'm probably not going to do it. So if I don't do it, maybe we can find somebody that does if it's absolutely necessary, which with the t-shirts, we didn't know. We're like, we need to be doing this squidgy thing and, and doing the screen printing. And we didn't have money to hire somebody. We didn't, hire mo we didn't have money to hire a coach, for example, to guide mm -hmm. us through these processes. So we decided not to do it and just pivot real quick to a different thing that we really enjoyed. Yeah, But you were learning along the way. So you were going through the process and trying things yeah. and had the ability to pick what you wanted to do. Let's dig into this content a little bit more because I'm liking what you're saying. So like with your podcast, you do three a week. I do one right now. I was doing two. I'll probably be doing some more solo episodes soon, but I took a little break from it. And from this side of the mic, and I've been on your show, so thank you for having me on there. I understand how much work it is, but you guys take it to the next level because if you're taking little increments and putting it on as content, that's like crazy cool. So you did how many pieces of content? So last month we published about 500 pieces of content uh, across multiple platforms. We published on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. So we're, we're test we're constantly testing, right? And uh, the content that we're producing now, we're actually behind on some of the batches. So each episode becomes a batch. So mm -hmm. how we created is okay. Um, the initial question was like, 
how can we be everywhere, right? Because we yeah. were, you know, for the longest time, we were trying to emulate uh, people like Gary Vee or, you know, Grant Cardone. We're like, yep. these guys yep. are everywhere, right? So instead of omnipresent, we decided that we were going to go with relative omnipresent, which is show up where your people is, where your community is. So when yeah. we launched the show, we launched it uh, very organically. We just started, right? <laughs> and then we started posting and we started tagging people that were inside of that community so for us it was a click funnels community and inside of the groups inside of the communities that we were at and the reaction of people like wow guys i see you i see you everywhere multiple points of contact right and i know with you is incredible you're, you're an incredible salesman right so um the points of contact matter and uh, sometimes it's not the like it's not the comment it's not the the engagement sometimes it's just they see your face yes and uh, this is this was incredible because i remember earlier this year we were in nashville for an event actually you know was in orlando in orlando and um, the, in this event they're giving this million dollar prize for people that cross million dollars in sales we have not crossed million dollars in sales um i don't even know we're probably a third of the way there but uh the and i don't say this for like i'm saying for, for for reference of what's about to to happen so uh while they're doing these awards there's people coming on stage and I just walk outside to go to the bathroom. And on my way there, I see a group of people that, that we met. Some of them were podcast guests. And I just stopped by, say hi. And uh, her name is Chantel. And I'm like, hey, Chantel, what's up? Are you guys going to go get the, the prize? And they're like, oh, no, man, we're, we're too far away from that. Maybe next year we'll see. But you guys did, right? And I'm like, no. I'm like, what? You guys didn't get the million dollar? And we're like, no, not yet. Probably next year. You know, it's fine. Like, we're, we just the product that we're, we're selling now is probably a couple of years old and we're still refining. We're still finding market fit. Yep. We're still going through all that stuff. Right. So, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I, I thought like, I knew you guys were going to get it. So the impression of just putting content out there, and this <laughs> is the person that told us, Hey, I see you guys every single day out there. The, the, the perception from the outside world is way higher to the one that we can have. So we're like, okay, perfect. Like if that's a perception, let's use it in our favor, right? Let's be like, how can we now that perception turn it into leverage to create opportunities for our business, right? And that was one of those like light bulb moments. I mean, I'm not saying fake it till you make it, right? Because we're publishing every single day. We're delivering value every single day. But how people see you from the outside, just for the fact that you are consistent mm-hmm. in your publishing, can change everything and can change a decision from a no to a yes. But you didn't fake it till you made it. You were just consistently doing your thing and they said, so that's like the universe God saying to you, hey, this is coming because you're doing the things you need to do. Like I've noticed, I've only been in this game for six months. I've been in sales for 15 years, but actually it's nine months now since June. So nine months, my math's not always the greatest. Um, (laughs) No public math. (laughs) But I'm very consistent with what I'm doing, with how I'm trying to get stuff done with, you know, doing stuff every day when you guys did the 45 day live challenge like hey that's easy i can do it every day at nine o'clock in the morning i told people i'm going to do it at nine o'clock and i noticed that my videos in the beginning had like 10 12 people but by the time it was done it was like 115 people on average watching and i'm like holy crap and it wasn't like they were the greatest videos. like i'm literally walking with my iphone there's nothing special and i was just producing content and talking to them so yeah i commend you on that i see it coming because you're touching so many avenues my question would be, what type of content are you doing? Is it always, because I mean, I've heard two schools of thought. Some are like, do the business, do the business, do the business, do the business. And some are like, do the business some, have some fun, let them see into your life, 
get into your world. And then my second question is, do you target a certain audience group with your content? Like, do you have someone in mind? That's a good question. Um, to all that, I, I say F, F all that. There's so many frameworks, right? Like yep. uh, we've had probably 200 guests in our show and every single one has their own framework, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I'm a big fan of st- start. And then from there, then what, what's your format, right? So there's some people that are not going to be feel comfortable sharing their daily lives, right? They're not yep. going to be people that are, they're not going to com- be comfortable sharing their behind the scenes, right? Uh, what do you feel comfortable with? We have this concept that we call content umami, right? Uh, and umami is like this Japanese concept to where when you eat and you feel satisfied, you're not like full, you're not like exploding, right? You're just satisfied and you're not hungry anymore. Probably a concept that not many Americans know because <laughs> people like to eat. It's true. It's I true. Over here, but it's like, okay, you know, it's like, it's, it's that moment where you're like, I could have like two more bites, but you don't, but you still feel fat, satisfied, right? So we're like, okay, what is my, what is my content, mommy? Like, what is the content that I feel proud of, that I feel um, that, I, that I really like putting out there, right? So that's the beginning stages. So we came from like literally not publishing to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And we've also helped millions of million dollar companies to create their content systems. Guess what? Every single one evolves to something different. So I'll give you yep. a couple of examples, right? Uh, we had, uh, when clubhouse was a thing, we jumped in a couple of sessions and we had this lady asked us that, Hey, we're promoting the 45 life. The first time that we did it publicly, we had about a hundred people in this private challenge and, uh, she was debating, should I do it? Should I not? And I started asking some questions, what's your business and so on. And for her, she was a florist. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I don't know. What should I talk about during my 45 days? It can be very intimidating for a lot of people, especially if you yeah. haven't published. Right. So, you know, we started asking some questions and we're like, sounds good. What do you do, um, you know, in your daily life? What do you do in the store? Like what is, what happens in the store when you're there? So for her, there was every single day, there was something happening. It was like a new arrangement that they, that they were creating. And I'm like, okay, put a theme on the 45 live, right? You don't have to publish. There's people say like five categories, four categories, family, work, blah, blah, blah. Right. Sounds <laughs> yeah. good. If you, if, if that's too much overwhelm at the moment, pick one, right? Mm-hmm. So for her, she committed, right? To 45 days of your shooting behind the scenes. And it was some a very simple format. It was like, hey guys, what's up? You know, today we're doing this arrangement for a wedding. Here's what's happening. And they'll show the thing. And it's like, this is the type of flower that we're using. And why do we put it this way? And so on. And for her, it was very frictionless to start producing and being consistent because of that. And now people started to connect, right? Mm-hmm. Now you master that. And okay, well, now I have category one. Sounds good. Now you can master distribution, but that's the other thing. A lot of people create and don't distribute. So once you master the distribution, you're like, can I add another layer? So the next stage is, for example, our our example, our podcast, right? We have a couple layers. We have 45 Live when we really want to push something. Mm-hmm. So we do that. My, our framework there, my framework at least, Fonsi has a little bit different one. My framework is I'm going to grab something that happened today. Uh, or something that I learned today, and I'm going to share that story, and then I'm going to add my lesson to it uh, Mm -hmm. about business or content, right? So that's my framework. Um, With the show, it's different. It's guest-centric, right? Because we build relationships through the show. So first, we don't care about the numbers. If the numbers grow, great. I think we're about 
to hit 20,000 downloads nice. uh, across platforms of the macro. That's not counting the micro assets. We're like, sweet, awesome. Like for some people that's like, what? That's insane, right? Uh, for some others, they're going to be like, eh, whatever. But yeah, that'll probably, yeah. there's no reference to like, how do how can we compare this, right? Like to what shows? Um, probably yours. How many episodes do you have, Joe? Uh, 56. 56. Release, released so far, yeah. Congrats. Absolutely incredible. You're the top 1% of podcasts worldwide, right? That's so, crazy. That's incredible, right? That's crazy. It's because most people fail after episode seven. So you're like, okay, there's a huge problem with consistency. So before trying to find out what type of content should I be creating, we have to figure out how can I actually be consistent to continue to do that? So guess what? We talk about something called the publishing pyramid, right? So mm -hmm. at the bottom of the pyramid and how we got to understand it is like top bottom. So at the top, you, you have resources, right? Money, time. So you as a company or you as a solopreneur, right? Or as an enterprise, you got to understand what are my resources mm -hmm. or what are the resources that other people, right? If they're doing. So a lot of people are like, hey, I want to be like Gary Vee. Sounds good. Do you have $15,000 to hire three TikTok specific editors, right? <laughs> yep. No, I do not. <laughs> they're like, yeah, most people don't. Like, do we don't even, right? So we're like, okay, well, we cannot expect to have that output, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have very specific people for very specific roles. So we got to understand what are our, our resources, right? Right under that, those resources are going to create a capacity, right? What is the capacity? If, do I have a video editor that has X amount of hours? Am I the one editing the video? Sorry, am I the one editing the videos? How much time do I have? What is my capacity? Right below that is your consistency cadence. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to understand how can I be consistent? Like what is, how can I be consistent every single day, two times a week, three times a week? What is it? You got to decide on that. And then at the bottom, it's like, what is my message, right? So now that we understand all those steps, we're like, okay, we start developing from the ground up. So I'm like, okay, what's my message? Well, my message for me is for podcasters to multipurpose their content because it's going to help them leverage their relationships, for example. That's one of the things that we do. Sounds good. I'm going to talk about that. How can I talk about that? Share stories about that. Share success stories. Share, sharing data about podcasting, for example, right? Sounds mm -hmm. good. All right. Now, on top of that, it's like, how consistent am I going to be with that message? Well, I'm going to be consistent in the case of 45 Live every single day for 45 days. In the case of your on our podcast, three times a week with our guest, right? Sounds good. The commitment is made right? Keep in mind, I haven't talked about micro assets yet, right? It's just right. the shows. Then on top of that, I'm like, okay, what is our capacity? Or our capacity to produce the show, for example, is three hours a week, mm -hmm. right? So that's what we allocate for it. Maybe a little bit more, maybe three and a half per day. Um, sorry, one and a half per day for pre-show, post-show, for example, right? Do we put it in the calendar? Perfect. Now, what is the post-production process? Right now, we have a team that takes care of that. But when we when we started, the post-production was about an hour. So we have to put that in the capacity lane, right? Perfect. Now we schedule everything out. Maybe it's not three times a week. Maybe it's just one time a week. Can we sustain that with the consistency that we committed? Thumbs up? Yes. Now, what are the resources that I have to do that? Is it just me? Is it my time? Is it Do I have a team that does it? And so on. And you start adapting. What happens is as soon as you start publishing and you attach it to a sales process, like you incredibly do, right? Then those resources that are coming at the top, we can reassign it to the whole rest of the pyramid. So now you can create different pyramids for different types of publishing. So you could, be, mm -hmm. you could have your pyramid for your show. You can have your pyramid for Instagram. You can have your pyramid for TikTok. And now you can start experimenting as long as you keep consistency with the other two, right? So yep. 
that's one of the things that we talk about. Hopefully that was helpful. <laughs> no, 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 it was great. So you, you again, uncovered a lot of really good stuff. First, you had to find your voice. What is your message? How do you want to do it? Like, cause you were talking about with the lives and stuff. I literally would think 10 minutes before I would go to my life, what am I going to talk about today? And sometimes it would be on sales and tips like that. And sometimes it's just on some random thought to know your message. Then you talked about, you know, taking your content and redoing it, but being it, how you are, you don't have to be Gary V. You don't have to be Grant Cardone. You can be who you are. Um, And I love the pyramid thing because like, I am a one man show at this point, you know, like I just started doing it. Um, And and I'm kind of funny. Like you said, finding your own voice. I literally, unless something really bad happens on my podcast, I don't edit it. I like the laughs. I like the mess ups because I think people like that realness. At least that's my whole perspective. And then I have friends that do podcasts and everything has to be perfect for them or they can't handle it. So it's just finding your thing there. Um, So when you're starting out, like, like say people who are like listening to a show like me, when you're starting out and you're allocating time and resources for that, do you, and I know you said everyone has a different thing. How do they find a balance of it? Because some of them, like me, work a full-time job still. Some of them maybe are just all the way in. Do you have any like tips yeah. or thoughts on that? Maybe balance is not the right word because I don't think entrepreneurs really have balance. But <laughs> on, on how to uh, coordinate, I guess, their publishing efforts. <laughs> yeah, like because like say, you know, someone starts a podcast and people are, they get to seven episodes like, holy crap, this is too much work. I don't want to do it now or I'm not getting the results. How can yeah. they formulate a plan of action? I know you kind of just touched on it, but just maybe yeah. we can dig a little bit deeper on that. No, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the first things that you got to identify is like, why are you doing the podcast, for example, or the publishing, whatever publishing that you do, right? Um, so so probably a, a very big chunk of those that fail, um, I'm pretty okay to assume that the goal was probably just to make money off of it and be like, I'm going to go viral. Well, podcasting is probably not the platform to go viral because um, is the distribution sucks to be honest, but why do we podcast? Well, we can use it for many ways. For many, for many reasons, we can use it to explore voice, to practice, to connect at a deeper level. Also because the listeners are higher quality, right? you're, You're in their ear for a longer period of time. Uh, probably also there's, there's a revenue, uh, data set attached to a podcast listener um, compared to other platforms are the ones that earn the most. So you're like, okay, if I want to sell something, probably that's that's one of the, the audience that I want to hit. Uh, but also you can leverage a bunch of stuff. Like you can create one hour of content and then you can feed all the other platforms with an hour of content. Now, so objective number one is, okay, what is your, what is your goal? So for us, the goal of the show itself, the macro video is to go and connect with incredible entrepreneurs that we could potentially down the road be a partner with, uh, you know, they can be our clients. We can be our clients. We've, we've invested in coaches that we brought into the show. And because we build that relationship, we're like, well, that's a great person to invest with. And then we go in and we do it right. Mm-hmm. We've been part of, uh, we MC different events. Yep. Uh, for example, our, our dear friend, George Bryant invited us to his mastermind in, in Montana to MC it because we build that relationship over the podcast. We've struck different partnerships with agencies. We got clients out of the show different things. Right. And so for us, the priority is their relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why we don't really see the numbers. Right. I do see it because we're going to track and see now that is, you know, now we're being consistent. Now we're like, okay, how can we improve on this? So I think that's number one. And then after you like define that, what's success for it, you're going to have to start looking for indicators. Right. So for us, it's like, okay, how many relationships can we create 
in a year, for example. Well, for us, it's three a week, right? So we're like, okay, thumbs up. Are we moving in the right direction? Perfect. Sounds good. How can we build on that, right? So for us, what we're working on right now, super behind the scenes stuff, right, is Uh it's no secret, is the pipeline, right? The show is just part of our pipeline. And it's just a very high quality point of contact. So now we're really, really good at asking for the interview and interviewing some people. Uh, we have an incredible track record of 100% of the people that we ask say yes. We're like, what? That's incredible. So now we're working on the second half. What happens after that interview? What yep. is the follow-up process? How do we continue to build this relationship over time? Right, Because that's the objective. So I highly recommend it for us. That's how we use it. Um, if you're trying to go viral, try to explore different platforms. Right, TikTok has a high virality aspect mm-hmm. to it, but you also have to create on the platform. So we, we have a client right now that we're going through this, right? Uh, the content that is published, uh, that is highly edited, it's not grabbing a lot of traction. We have to adapt, right? So we can create some pieces, but everything must be, do, must be done on the app because that's how they want you to use that mm-hmm. app. But the same clips on YouTube Shorts, for example, we just published a couple of clips on YouTube Shorts. Same clips that we do on Instagram, they got like 2,000 views each. Yep. And we're like, What? That's interesting platform. Yep. Exactly. Indicators. Right. And we're like, sounds good. Let's do more of that. Uh, and let's test it. How are we testing it? Well, should we put a link and see if people actually go there? Uh, should we put money behind? I don't know. There was a stage where we put money behind the shows. We put probably like five bucks an episode and viewership like quadrupled, mm-hmm. right? Just with $5. But it's like, okay, how can I build my testing on your consistency? And, and go from there, start adapting. You get your, your content map is going to look very different to everybody else's. No. And, and I love that. And I'm just going to plug for them. So if you're looking to do this stuff and he's talking about it, maybe you should reach out. In fact, I always do this in the middle of the show. I just like it in the middle. I don't like doing it at the end. Tell people where they can find you and connect with you <laughs> because this way they get to hear it. They can't just cut off at the end and disappear. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and thank you. But uh, so our site, you can go to bizbros.co, B-I-Z bros.co uh, you'll find some information on the show and the things that we do um you can also go to contentisprofit.com and both sites will, will send you to the right places no that's awesome so let's get back into this a little bit because I, I i'm with you i've noticed like for me facebook's really really good and then i've actually started shifting toward linkedin because i work in that sales room professional sales so b2b sales professionals are like a target audience for me um, you know, business owner stuff like that. And I do use my podcast to make connections. Like that is something that one of the biggest reasons why I do this, you know, but I think the biggest key that I've, I've heard throughout this whole thing is make it about people, make it about relationships. Your relationships will build everything else that you need to do. Um, and going forward with that, the content can come once you understand your voice, your message, and you make the right connections. Am I hearing what you're saying correctly? And then it's just tweaks and testing and finding which voice and which way you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what is your, you know, what is your minimal viable show or what your minimal viable content, right? If the priority is a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, resources are going to come because something, if you're focusing on business and if you're a business person, right, and you're not scared of selling stuff, um, then the resources are going to come. So, okay, now how do we adapt those resources to leverage more of the content, right? So we had a, here's an example. We had a call with a guy. They do public auctions for commercial real estate. Oh. So one client for them is worth millions of dollars, Yeah. right? So we had this conversation and we're like, okay, 
they have zero presence online. It's been just websites uh, and, and that's it and, and, and personal reference. Um, we're like, why are you guys trying to go into this space, right? And we're like, well, we kind of need to because the competition is doing it, right? So we don't want to be left behind. Mm-hmm. And that was the reasoning. And I'm like, okay, well, if, if the referral thing is working, right? Like I do feel my personal opinion is that every single company needs to also be a media company, right? You have, yeah. Because you can control your message. You can control your own cadence. Uh, you will be present every single time. There's many reasons of how, why people should be publishing every single day. So we're like, now, if that's the standard, how can we create something that could benefit not only your sales department, but also, you know, elevate your company's profile, right? Mm-hmm. So we started mm-hmm. digging, we're like, sounds good. Like how much, you know, um, how much, tell me about your closing percentage. For him, it was like about 10% of the people that he jumps on okay. phone calls with or whatnot. And it's very different deal sizes. But yeah. and on an average, it's probably like $500,000 per deal, right? And I'm like, sounds good, 10%. Okay, so what will you... What would you say if I if I tell you that we can have 52 very high quality leads or conversations with those prospects? Right? He's like, oh, that would be incredible. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So out of those 52, uh, if you're telling me 10% closes, right? After that initial relationship, you know, I'm not good at public math, but that's probably what, five people? Yeah, we'll say five. We'll say five. In your average price point is, uh, your average sale is five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's two point five million dollars right there, right? So it's like, um, and he's like, perfect. How how do we do that, right? What landing page and the thing? And then we're like, here's the secret: we just do a weekly conversation (laughs) with these people, right? And you brand it as a show, you brand as a podcast. Well, guess what? Not only you have that direct access to that person, right? That you can build a relationship and then you feed it through your 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 sales process that you already have, but also the content that's there, we can, you know, create different assets from those interviews because they're gonna have a lot of value and we can revamp what we call the safety net. So all the content that goes on the side is gonna help their company when people start listening and tuning in because consistency is what helps you move forward <laughs> and 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 get people to tune in maybe commercial real estate topics might not be very hot as, you know, maybe Logan Paul and the fights that they did the other day, right? Mm-hmm. It cannot go maybe as viral, but people are going to start tuning in because of the message. We talked about right. publishing pyramid, right? They're going to see that you're consistent. So they're going to see, they're going to associate that with you are legit. And mm-hmm. then they're going to start calling. And that's exactly what happened with the real estate company that we started, you know, uh, working with. And that was a pretty insightful conversation. And they're like, oh, wow, this is super awesome. Now, here's the story, though, like the full, full disclosure with the story. Like, what, what, what happened with these guys? Well, they were located in New Orleans. And uh, this was when the hurricane last year hit and the whole building got blown off. And it, oh. so we had to, like, I, know, I know, they're all okay, by the way. They're yeah, all okay. That's good. That's good. That, that is really good. But, uh, but it's the conversation is moving forward. And it's like, okay, well, if this can illustrate, right. And there's a few elements there for, you know, salespeople that we got to be aware. Okay. What is our closing percentage? Like what, what is our process? Do we have a sales process, right. That we can actually plug this into. If you do, this is a very powerful way mm-hmm. to, um, to connect. Well, you know, and it makes perfect sense because then once you know your numbers, cause I love like knowing my numbers, how many people I need to talk to to close then with content, you can get more active people that are interested in what you're doing, your brand building. And it sounds like with them, you're saying, hey, no, stick on message. I know the Logan Paul thing sounds cool. You can have some fun stuff, but still make sure 
you want to attract your viewers. You don't want to get like a MMA podcast for your yeah. real estate. It's not going to work, but just sticking on message. But then if you could have even got him, he gets 52, then he goes to hundred. Well, holy crap, 2.5 now is 5 million. And he only needs a hundred people because his target audience is set. It's that power of dialing deep sometimes, which I think sometimes people want to go super, super big, but you really just need to know your message and your clients. I love that, man. Keep in mind, two hours a week if you go to 100, right? It's just two hours a week if we do a, 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 a weekly or bi-weekly thing, right? It's like mm -hmm. crazy. And you're like, sounds okay, that's perfect. Like, who do you want to talk to? Basically, like, it's just the open door to that to that thing. And this is like that with every platform, by the way. Like, if you if you want to do TikTok and you want to grow on TikTok, it's collaboration, right? Yep. What's yep. another creator on TikTok that we can collaborate with? If you want to go to YouTube, same thing. It's just a different format on how people interact with the contact, but uh, with the content. But it's like, who can I go that I can interact with them, right? If um if it's Instagram, how do we collaborate together? Is it an Instagram live? That's a lot of a lot of things that they're doing because they're mm -hmm. sharing audiences, right? So it's the same frameworks. It's just you know presented in in a different format. So let's not reinvent the wheel. But like, okay, how can I figure out? what I feel comfortable with going back to content umami that I can publish in the platform that I feel comfortable first to then create my resources so I can create leverage after that. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to relationships and connecting and knowing how that platform works, which I love, by the way, they are awesome at MT and events. It was funny, crazy. <laughs> um, our buddy George is having their event coming up, but they were the MT at the one in October. It was nuts. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it. They got me to hula hoop and I can't dance. So, that tells you they have some skills there. Um, so what other words of wisdom, thoughts, ideas, maybe that I've missed asking you on in this content for profit journey have we not talked about? Yeah, we hit a, we hit a lot. Um, <laughs> it's funny, a lot of people, when we, we had this awesome experience for the first time um, after, you know, because we started the show at the beginning of the pandemic, like 2020. Uh, March 2020, when we lost pretty much every single client that we had because they were brick and mortars, right? Yep. We're like, oh, crap, what do we do? Well, let's do the show. And uh, we were publishing kind of, you know, in, in our studio. We never, we didn't go to live events because of XYZ. There were no live events, right? Mm -hmm. And finally, when we get the chance to go to Orlando to this event, uh, we're out there with a the community and we're, um, we're, we're like, we decided to do a live episode over there, like in the middle of the check-in. Oh, like, nice. But we're like, this is going to be awesome, right? So we grab our suitcase. We have the equipment there. We walk in there. And, <laughs> and we see one person that, you know, that we had on the show. And we say, hi, what's up, guys? So awesome to see you guys in person. And we walk to step, two more steps. We register. And then we start setting up. And as soon as we start setting up, these people that have been on the show or that know people that have been on the show or have listened to the show start walking towards the table. Mm -hmm. and, and we start saying hi to them. We start having conversations. And we talk. And Six hours later is 8 p.m. at night, and we haven't started the show. And we're like, this is, this is crazy. I mean, we just published online, and, and we just spent six hours connecting with incredible entrepreneurs with incredible stories. And that was moment number one. So, like, publishing consistently, as soon as you connect it to, like, a live experience, and you're like, like, let's meet up, and the community aspect is very powerful. Now, that same night, when we're walking back, to our to the to the car to leave all the stuff we see this guy like on the side and he like kind of looks at us and we looked at him and we just continue walking we don't know this guy and he starts walking trying to like you know get past the, the bushes and to meet us and then he does meet and he's like 
guys, what's up? And we were like, oh my gosh, what's up? Uh, and he's like, you don't know me, but you know, I've listened to every single episode oh, that you good, good. have put out. I'm also from Jacksonville, Florida. And we, and we're like, whoa, this is like insane. Like to us, like that was one of those first moments that was like a, a highlight of publishing. Just, just getting recognized was very, very surreal. Mm-hmm. But also we took the opportunity to have a conversation with him and we're like, okay, he doesn't fit our, like our, our, our clientele for the service. But there's a lot of people that have been asking for different things. And this is what's going to happen as soon as you start developing the audience. They're going to start asking you how to do things. Mm-hmm. And we have assumptions of what that could be on how can we serve those people. And for him, it was a lot of the equipment <laughs> that, you, that we use, right? It's like, what is the equipment? And what is the thing? And what is the software? And where's the thing? And we're like, and even though that sounds so sexy and it's fun to have like super nice equipment, um, I'm going to put it out there. It's not necessary. Nope. There's people that do their show on their phone like this. There's people that record it on their watch. Frank Kern, a massive marketer, right? Does mm-hmm. his podcast show out of his watch, right? Wow. And you're like, don't let that be an excuse to publish because the questions I was asking him, like, look, if there's like a resource that we can build, that we can create for somebody like, like ourselves, like two, three years ago, like, what would that be for me? What the, the assumption I had was a lot about the the the, the process or the, the pipeline. How do we connect it to sales? Uh, but the feedback that we got from him and many others has been, what is the right equipment? I'm like, what does that matter? I mean, as long as we have an equipment that we can communicate with, mm-hmm. after that is good. So my maybe it's, it's very unpopular opinion because having the equipment is very sexy, <laughs> but we closed our biggest deal that changed everything out of a Facebook live that I did on the phone that I had at the time yep. Yep. at 1130 at night in my, in my living room. Mm-hmm. So don't let the equipment stop you. It's just an excuse to not execute, start executing as, as you get resources, go and reassign them. Right. Like here's another, like we, obviously you see this beautiful mic and we have the board for the live show, but that was an excuse because we, when it came out is a famous roadcaster pro. We were like, we're going to drop 700 bucks over here to like, and we're going to do the show. We bought the equipment and it collected dust for almost two years. Mm-hmm. We never used it because we didn't commit to the message and the consistency and the cadence. Right. Um, once we committed, we were lucky that we invested in that two years ago, mm-hmm. but we would have done it on the Zoom call. I had a, a, a guy interviewing us one time and he's in the car, in his car, right? He's sitting in his passenger seat with a laptop on, and uh, we started the interview and I'm like, man, like, I got to ask you, like, uh, are you at work? Like, what's what? And not and, and let me let me be clear. Like, I'm not I'm not judging at all. I'm just very mm-hmm. curious. Like, I think this is awesome that you're doing this. I, I'm just very curious on what's the situation because um, it's, it's very uncommon. Right. Yeah. And he was just using his AirPods. And I'm like, oh, no, man, you know, I I live in a studio apartment with my girlfriend. It's just, you know, one bedroom. And she she's up there doing her thing, like she's studying, she's listening to some classes. So what I do is I just come here to the car and I record my show. I love that, man. And, and it was, it was a zoom call with his headphones on. Mm-hmm. That's it. And we had an incredible conversation. The conversation lasted about like hour and a half. And I still remember this dude because of that experience. And I'm like, I commend you for like doing that. And for like, no, taking no for an answer. And just like with the, what we have available, creating that space to communicate and build that relationship. So maybe something that's not said often is like, ignore the equipment, right? What is, mm-hmm. what is that? What is that resource that you have now 
that you can communicate. Everybody has these phones. Yep. You can do it. There's platforms that you can do it and just record it as a phone call, right? Um, or an Instagram live. Do an Instagram live and then that content, you can you can create a bunch of it. You can download it. You can put the audio on it. So um, that's, I guess. Now, I'm very I love that, it. man. Because here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. This headset's 30 bucks. It's my work headset. I've sold hundreds of thousands. I've sold millions of dollars worth of deals over this. It's a $30 headset I got for my son three mm -hmm. years ago, but he doesn't play computer games. He plays on the Xbox. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to take this to work. And I liked it. When I start my podcast, I have a lap. I have a desktop, I guess, desktop camera and this. And I've done, I've actually recorded 60 some plus episodes. But I've only released 56. That's why I said 56. Yes. But it's like you said, you just have to start. You just have to start doing where you're at. And then as it goes along, you can get the sexy mics and the different stuff that that's what you want. But the people that are going to be attracted to you are going to be attracted to you. So yeah, I, excuse me. I agree with you hundred percent, my friend. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, thank you again for being on the show. This is one half of the biz bros. I'm actually going to have Fonzie on in a couple of weeks as well we'll get to hear his stuff so any cool crazy stories about fonzie that you can tell us since he's not here to defend himself i'm teasing if you want to tell a story you can oh let's see only man. good things though nothing nothing super I, bad i don't know if i want to know if we share something is to throw him under the bus no i'm kidding like he's uh he's <laughs> remember really... he gets to be on the show after you he does so. he does we'll see if he's actually nice to me now but he's actually a really really cool yeah. person i love working with him it has been a journey uh we were in an interview yesterday and they're asking how do you guys work together and uh it's just a whole process that we had to develop to to be able to make decisions and and you know uh i'll say this i've been very lucky that i found him uh, as a partner in in the things that we do because doing this by myself um i don't think i would have i would have lasted very long mm -hmm. so uh, to those out there, if you have somebody, if you have either a co-founder, doesn't have to be your family, but if you have somebody that you can share this journey with, whether that's a friend, whether that's a community, um, it's not easy, especially if you're diving into publishing. There's a lot of fears. There's a lot of things that come out uh, and your personal growth journey that is very, that that will be very helpful to have like a, a good partner. So that's all I got to say. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you again, Luis, for being on. I appreciate it. Check them out at the Biz Bros at Continent Profit. They have a podcast. It's on Facebook Lives all the time. You do what? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday Fridays are the live shows, uh, uh -huh. the behind the scenes. So you'll see like all the little details. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, those episodes are released on the podcasting platforms for people to listen to. Yeah. And I listen to the podcast all the time. They have awesome, great guests. I loved you guys just did a solo podcast. You need to do more of that. I really like the two of you guys do. I actually said solo. Thank you. You did a duo <laughs> podcast on podcasting. Yeah. So if I listened to it today, I thought it was great. Thank you all Thank for you. listening again to the 150K podcast where we take your dreams to six figures and beyond. And until next time, have a great, wonderful day. And be consistent in your podcasting, content producing, and any way you share your message.